15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Is that Shakespeare? Nope, it's Geico. Uh, yeah, 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 that's Shakespeare from one of his unpublished works. Oh, it be not for awakening. Nay, give it thou the berries. For 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. No, it's from Geico, because they help save people money. Well, I hate to break it to you, but Geico got it from Shakespeare. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. This is Liz Colburn, host of The Morning Uplift. Thank you for listening to the following broadcast on Public House Media. What's up, everybody? This is Christian Heimel, host of Press Row here on Public House Media. Thanks for listening to the following broadcast on Public House Media. Once you're done with this episode, I hope you'll come check out my show, Press Row, where we talk about the biggest issues in sports with the analysts, experts, and reporters who cover them. No nonsense, hard-hitting interviews on the sports topics you're talking about. A new show comes out every single Thursday. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an episode of Press Row. Thanks again for checking out the following broadcast on Public House Media. Hello, everyone. It's Filter Friday, and it's so exciting. I feel like we haven't really been able to, like, sit and do, like, a meaty, meaty episode like this live how we're supposed to do it for some time so i have a full can of lacroix and i have all my articles pulled up and i heard fresh tea even as of like hours ago so it's super super exciting i'm gonna take a minute to share the show you should also share the show because it's important sharing is caring don't just like Remind me later. Oh, gross. Damn it. All right. Anyway, so you should also share the show so we can, like, keep the party going and, you know, like, don't save all the judgment for yourself. Let other people come judge, too. That's what this is for. That's, you know, that's what makes it fun. Anyway. All right. Let me take a minute. I'm going to share it from my phone because it's just, for whatever reason, when I lately, Facebook has not been letting me share the show from, uh, like, to my regular normal page, not my fan page or another page that I've made, like, my actual page. Okay, so this week's, this week's No Filter Friday is catching up with people who caught, uh, case in the time of hashtag me too okay so what we're gonna do for this episode is this is the plan so we're gonna do some updates on the people that have already caught cases and hashtag me too and then we're gonna spill some tea all over all of it basically that's the plan Hope you're excited because I am. Been waiting to, it's like a, a week is a long time to have to like hold in all of this tea to then spill it later. It's like hard. Um, just to put out a little tiny, um, maybe not a foreshadow, but a hint. Um, during 
my interview with Valerie Emanuel when I did the, um, the role models management episode a couple weeks ago, um, her and I talked about, cause it was really, really fresh. The f- couple of photographers that have gotten ousted, like basically from the entire country for being little freak shows. Um, so the girl that like spearheaded that, um, I'm going to be talking to her very soon. I wanted to have her come on the show this week and it just didn't work out. Um, because we're both on production right now and we're trying kids. We're trying. We're really, really trying. I promise. I swear. Yeah. For spell- Gary Strauss is in. David Dirks came in. David Bobke. Yay for spelling T. Absolutely. Oh, it was fun. Okay. So David, David Dirks is the best. And earlier this week, we went to the Academy to go see Shirley McLean and all these really amazing people. And we were talking about, <laughs> we were talking about some people that haven't really caught a case, but they caught some hands in the era of Me Too, which is like almost just as good. Maybe not, maybe if not better. Oh, so much fun. Highly recommend it. Um, to be, <laughs> it was like a lifelong dream, you know, and like, as a Steel Magnolia super fan, it was a lifelong dream to fulfill, to just, you know, be in the presence of Louisa Boudreaux herself and um, and not have anything nice to say. <laughs> it was great. It was like literally my without David Dirks. Anyway, so the tea on Cosby is that he... Um, he's coming up for an appeal here really, really, really soon. Um, come on, phone. Work with me here. Come on, phone. There it is, number five. Okay. So they've basically, Cosby lawyers, as appellate lawyers, have, um, like, published their appeal strategy. Um, and the only way you really get to appeal is, like, I mean, anybody can appeal anything, but the way that you appeal or appeal effectively is to argue that there was an error of law made during that trial. And overall, they're basically saying that, you know, you have a constitutional right to a a fair and speedy trial, and his trial was not fair because of X, Y, and Z reasons, and these are the X, Y, and Z reasons. Um, Mostly they're going after individual jurors that, um, that heard the trial. Um, and I pride myself on my due diligence abilities, but I got to give it up to these, uh, to these Cosby lawyers because they're really digging. They're really, really digging it. And they got, they, they do have a couple receipts. I'll give them that. So. Um, and preview of arguments the attorneys will make to a three-judge panel is a hot bench. It's a hot bench. Um, panel of the state superior court. The lawyers filed documents known as statement of matters complained on appeal. Complained, not pleaded, complained. Uh, one involves your number 11. Upon being selected to serve the still unidentified juror, told another potential panelist, we can all go home. Cosby's guilty. That's a fair statement. Um, granted, I would agree with that because I know Janice Dickinson, she told me all about it, but still. Um, defense attorney Tom Messero, who is not among the six appellate lawyers, asked for the juror's removal. However, during trial, Judge Stephen O'Neill denied that request. 
Remember the name O'Neill because it's going to come up later. Uh, led by veteran appeals attorney Brian W. Perry, Kristen L. Weisenberger, and Cosby's attorneys are expected to argue that juror number 11 should not have served at all. Pennsylvania Attorney General Josh Shapiro and prosecutors are expected to counter that criminal trial was fair and any issues should have been raised during the trial. Another motion could include juror number three. This is kind of, okay, so this one is sneaky. This is some really serious digging and I, you know, I have to give props for it. In a pre, oh, wait, let me back up. Another motion could incur, include juror number three. During the trial, it was revealed that the juror was a neighbor of O'Neill's stenographer. So he was, this juror number three was the neighbor of the court reporter that works under that judge that tried this case. In a pre-selection questionnaire, juror number three said she considered herself an independent thinker and welcomed the opportunity to serve on a jury. Point being is, if you don't want to serve jury duty, just move in next to a judge or a prosecutor or a district attorney and bing, bang, boom, you're conflict of interest and you can't be there. Problem solved. Uh, but besides that, okay, so here's where it gets really down the rabbit hole and it makes me, it makes me want to step my game up as a, um, as an investigator. One year before serving, that juror sent an ominous tweet to attorney Lisa Bloom, the lawyer for women who've accused Cosby of sexual assault. The juror tweeted a photo and then an, ex an excerpt from former Fox News host Bill O'Reilly's book, found this gem teen advice from O'Reilly. And guys, if you exploit a girl, it will come back to get you. That's called karma at Lisa Bloom. She had since deleted her tweet, but not before one courtroom observer, Dr. Jay Raskin, took a screenshot of it. They got pre-receipts. They got pre-sales on the re receipts. That's amazing to me. I'm, I'm in shock. And I live, I live for due diligence. I live for that. Cosby's team has provided appellate judges with a list of several errors that they say violated Cosby's fundamental civil and legal constitutional rights. In short, his attorneys said the errors deprived Cosby of the right to a fair trial. I already told you that. Um, the appeals court is an error reviewing court only. Also told you that. Bad errors by the, the trial judge regarding specific laws are often dismissed as harmless and uh, legal experts said. I don't think that's actually true, but okay, whatever. Um, but Cosby's attorney said violation of his Fifth Amendment right is not a harmless error. They will likely argue that former Montgomery County District Attorney Bruce Castor closed the case against Cosby in 2005 with a guarantee that it would remain closed forever. I'm trying to invoke some weird double jeopardy thing here. This is weird. Okay, so anyway, Castor testified during the pretrial hearing that as a sovereign of the Commonwealth, I had a binding promise agreement that the defendant would not be charged. O'Neill, the judge, refused to honor that agreement and ordered Cosby to stand trial. This makes no, okay, that makes no sense to me. You guys, they got to pick their pony and stay on it. Even if the court deems Castor as not credible, the nature of the aggregated evidence uh, the judge allowed the prosecution to present affected the already tainted jurors, which led to a conviction. I mean... I think anybody could argue that if you're anybody who is a public figure, that you're not ever going to get a fair trial because people have preconceived notions of you before that trial happened. So how do you get rid of that? Defense lawyers have also just suggested that the judge ignored evidence that pr proved the 12-year statute of limitations had expired in the case. 
Oh, Lord. The incident between Cosby and Andrea Constan was said to have occurred in January 2004. Charges weren't brought until December 2015. Debbie Meister, Cosby's tour manager and assistant, compiled a schedule and flight logs that proved Cosby wasn't in Pennsylvania when they were when and where Constan said the assault occurred. Meister testified to that, but the judge dismissed her information. The attorney had, the attorneys have argued that O'Neill refused to allow Cosby's private investigators to testify on his behalf to summarize evidence regarding Cosby's phone and trial records. Of course the judge would deny that. They're Cosby's private investigators. They're paid by him. O'Neill decided against ruling in the statute of limitations saying that it was job of Cosby's attorney to present that to jurors during the closing arguments. Uh, Mesereau did present a detailed timeline that appeared to show Cosby wasn't in Pennsylvania during or around the time of the incident with Constant in 2004. Phone records presented show Constant repeatedly tried to reach Cosby, but she wasn't successful. But throughout the trial, the judge pounded into the jurors that statements from counsel were not evidence, which they're not. That's 100% true. Attorneys will, uh, attorneys will also argue that fire that five prior bad act witnesses should not have been allowed to testify. This is where it gets really convoluted and strange. During the trial testimony, it was established that Cosby provided over-the-counter Benadryl tablets to Constan. The five witnesses said he plied them with prescription quaaludes. Either way, it's fishy because why are you giving somebody a handful of Benadryls? Anybody that's ever taken one or two Benadryls will tell you that you zonk out immediately. Like you immediately fall asleep. It's a very, very drowsy medication. Uh, but why did this person need to have Benadryls anywhere? Were they going into anaphylactic shock? That doesn't make any sense. Lawyers hope to bolster the argument by pointing out that the juror Harrison Snyder told ABC News that Cosby's own words made him guilty, a reference to Cosby's statement about partying with quaaludes in the 70s. They said quaaludes is far different from Benadryl and any reference to them should have been not allowed. The juror's admission that it helped him vote for commission should bode well with Cosby. Uh, Snyder said constant testimony against Cosby didn't convince him, telling ABC News, there were doubts in my mind because there were inconsistencies. He said he was swayed in the part by the psychiatrist, Dr. Barbara Ziv, who testified that inconsistencies are not uncommon. Cosby's team may challenge Ziv's testimony because she's not an expert on statistics but was allowed to use them. This is messy. There's no way around that. This is absolutely messy. Um, but the bottom line is, is that Bill Cosby, um, is currently sitting in prison and he is trying to get out, um, because he has appellate lawyers trying to get him an appeal and get him out of jail. So that's what's happening with Mr. Huxtable. Um, we'll, we'll stay tuned, I guess, if this ends up becoming a thing. Um, another spicy mix spicer to Steen that dropped today was a bunch of flight documents from Jeffrey Epstein, um, which one could argue that they've been on the internet for quite some time. Um, but the T is, um, according to Bloomberg, if you flew on Epstein's Lolita Express private jet, the feds want to talk to you. Good. 
after Jeffrey Epstein's latest arrest on sex trafficking charges, um, you know, all these names appeared in these flight. And I told you that. I told you all these names were going to appear in the flight records. U.S. prosecutors on Monday encouraged anyone with information about Epstein's conduct to come forward, not just potential victims, to the socialite celebrities and politicians who attended lavish parties at Epstein's home in Manhattan that he stole from Les Wexner, or Palm Beach in the early 2000s, or hitched rides on his private jet nicknamed the Lolita Express by the tabloids. The request carried a clear message. Come talk to us before we seek you out. You would much rather be visiting the Department of Justice and engaging in conversation about what you saw rather than making the DOG find you. That's a fairly accurate statement, said Jacob Franknell, a formal federal prosecutor, now at Dickinson Wright. There's a much greater potential for influencing the parameters of the interview and the scope of cooperation by going in voluntarily than becoming com a compulsory guest of the government. By compulsory guest, he means that they're, the feds are going to find you and snatch you up and rattle you for some information. And they've got receipts, so don't lie. That's what he meant to say. Considering the dozens of alleged victims and hundreds of names of Jeffrey Epstein's contact list, the Epstein affair could be far more from over. Far from, of course it's far from over. We're going to be like, think Harvey Weinstein's long running? Mm -mm 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 -mm. We're talking about the 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 meat and potatoes of every single name that you know being in a storm of fury for many years. This is, I told you, this is the beginning of the pedo apocalypse. This, we're just dipping a little teeny, teeny, tiny, small pinky toe into the vast um, hellfire that is, that is below. Uh, what else? Although the alleged crimes date back to 2002, new information continues to arise. Epstein's little black book was published by Gawker in 2015. See, I told you it was on there for years. Um, after he pleaded guilty in Florida for soliciting an underage prostitute. He was convicted of more than that, but we're going to, we've already done that show. Years uh, on, the, on Saturday, the FBI using a crowbar on one of the most expensive properties in Manhattan executed uh, a search warrant on Epstein's Manhattan townhouse. Agents gathered a vast trove of lewd photographs of young-looking women or girls, according to prosecutors, who urged a judge not to release Epstein on bail. The FBI agents also discovered compact discs labeled Miscellaneous Nudes 1 and Girl Picks Nude. They called to action by prosecutors the discovery that Epstein, a registered sex offender, possessed ex explicit photos. Could they lead to additional charges? They should absolutely lead to additional charges. If on 2257 laws alone, unless he has the proper documentation to prove that those people were A, over age, and B, willing participants with their IDs, the photographs of those IDs that are required to stay in compliance with record-keeping laws, I i.e. 2257 laws, that alone will land him in jail. But that's none of my business. Anyway, in, the, in this way, prosecutors request for more evidence. No, 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 no. Don't do that. This phone is so slow. I, like, literally can't stand it. Um, evidence poses a threat to any of Epstein's associates who also engaged in sex with minors. It also raises the stakes for those who attend his parties and might have inferred that something was wrong with the fact that so many grown men were surrounded by girls who appeared to be teenagers. 
and younger than that. Remember how I told you that the media is drip feeding you this? They're drip feeding you this. He was there and all these people were there with children, with actual children. To be sure, Epstein's contact list includes many prominent people, both men and women, who are fixtures in the celebrity party scene. The Black Book contains more than a thousand names ranging from close friends like Wexner to peripheral contacts from the worlds of politics, business, and media, and European high society. The UK's Prince Andrew and members of the Trump family make appearances. There's even an entry of uh, the main member in the White House. The name includes well-known performers, including Brie Fines, Alec Baldwin, David Blaine, Jimmy Buffett, Courtney Love, media figures including Charlie Rose, Mark Wallace, Barbara Walters, former Israeli Prime Minister Ed Mubarak, um, former British Prime Minister Tony Blair, industrialist David Koch, and later uh, the late Salman Brothers executive, chief executive officer John Gutfried, and his wife Susan. Frankel said the case could develop as much like a college admissions scandal, which the number of wealthy parents have been charged. Yeah, we know what the college admissions scandal is. Once the key witnesses flip, including the victims, the potential is there for other participants to be implicated directly, he said. There could be a veiled message in the U.S. Attorney's invitation to decide early whether to hunker down and come forward and get credit or acknowledgement for cooperation to avoid indictment. On Monday, Manhattan U.S. Attorney General Jeffrey Berman pleaded for people to come forward with any information about Epstein's conduct asking him to call 1-800-CALL-FBI while some of Epstein's alleged victims have accused him of providing them with other men for sexual service, providing them to other men for sexual services. The named men have categorically, categorically denied such conduct. Oh my God. If I had a... David Bobke, why, why the crap would someone label their folder nudes? Can't come up with something creative and less incriminating? No, they can't. They can't. The short answer is they can't. That's the amount of sexual deviancy that we're coming up with. And he was probably selling them or doing God knows what. Like, they weren't just his little own private collection. I can guarantee you. Um, okay. So that's what Bloomberg has to say. So later, I'm going to post the, um, the document cloud of some of these FAA documents, and you can look at it and see all these names and all that jazz. Um, again, from the first Epstein video that I did, if you're like one of these people that can't deal with like cognitive dissonance and you have these people on like some sort of pedestal and like, but you really want to like, like them as a person. Oh my God. But like, I want to like them. It's not the show for you. Just go somewhere else. Like if you can't hang with the truth, then you, you gotta, this is not the, go find like some safe space in like Plato or whatever. It's not here. No Plato, no safe space. That's not how this works. Okay, so that's how Weinstein's kicking it, or not, how Epstein's kicking it currently. But we're going to move over to Weinstein because I got some super, super hot, 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 hot tea that just came to me a few hours ago, and it's amazing. Harvey Weinstein denied pre-trial trip to Italy. Lawyers blame mob justice. If by mob justice mean that we're not letting another Roman Polanski or Woody Allen situation go down, then sure, we can call that mob justice. Um, Weinstein asked if he could go to Italy to work, 
to consult on a stage play adaptation of Giuseppe Tornatore's 1988 film, The Cinema Paradiso. The producer is currently awaiting trial on rape charges in September, has been barred from traveling outside of New York or Connecticut. He's not even just out on bail. He's on house arrest. He has an ankle bracelet. He's literally not allowed to, to leave Connecticut. I don't know what he thinks this is. We requested permission for a 10-day trip to Rome to meet with the film's director and its 90-year-old composer, Ennio Morricone. Morricone, according to Weinstein's American legal team, cannot travel. Variety reports that Weinstein attempted to appease the court by waiving extradition, basically agreeing not to fight extradition. Um, how can you get tried for fighting extradition if they can't extradite you? Really? For real? It's a silliness. And a two-man security detail to monitor him throughout the trip. He has re also requested to visit Spain to meet with others involved in the project. Weinstein team also offered Justice James Burke a letter from two Italian attorneys um, saying that they need Weinstein in Italy and he's going to redeem himself and they need to you know, keep going with the work that they've already started. Um, but here's where it gets kind of juicy. Perhaps the judge would be found this letter a little more convincing if one of the lawyers who wrote it, Della Ragioni, didn't also represent Fabrizio Lombardo, the former head of Miramax Italy, who has been accused of procuring women for Weinstein. Maybe don't have, maybe don't write, don't label your child porn collection with nudes and maybe don't get a letter requesting your presence from the guy that everybody knows procured women for you in Italy. Maybe don't do that. And certainly don't do that if you're gonna say that you, you, you can't get a fair trial because people know who you are and they have preconceived notions about you. Man, Lord have mercy. Criminals are stupid. Anyway, uh, he's not going to Italy or Spain or anywhere outside of Connecticut except a court. Um, Weinstein is currently subject to several other investigations and pending lawsuit, a class action lawsuit for sex trafficking, a temporary halted defamation lawsuit from Ashley Judd, and investigations from both federal and, and federal government and NYPD. He's going to have even more feds inserting themselves into his rectum um, once these Weinstein documents really get cracked open. Okay, so here I'm going to do a shout out to Sarah Ammas because she posted um, either that article or one similar to it earlier this week being like, oh my God, this is still working. That's the thing. Harvey Weinstein is still working. And it's not just in Europe, not in some like faraway land um, where they don't speak English. It's here in Hollywood. He's producing television on the sly, not taking credit. And I guess he's just doing phone calls, but there's several TV productions that are going in Los Angeles right now that are being produced behind the scenes by Harvey Weinstein. Now, I got this off of a crew member on their way to a rap party, but um, Apparently, nobody on the crew, nobody in the cast, nobody, nobody, nobody knew that these television shows were being produced by Harvey Weinstein until they were well into production and, like, the cat got out of the bag. 
So, no, everybody's like, uh, what do we do? Anyway, what my question is that I have to figure out how to answer is what on earth Harvey Weinstein is doing producing TV? Because Harvey and Bob have always been finance guys and distribution guys. That's their thing. They get money, they get distribution. The inter, the inside, it's not really their bag. They're like executive producers. They're not like producer producers. So, that makes me wonder what, I, they must like, must be doing phone calls and like selling shows on the low, like taking a project and getting it on a network. That's what they, that's what he must be doing. I guess I can't think of anything else because you don't need money for TV. Like you, you take a show, it gets pitched to a network during a certain season of the year, which is IE right now. Um, the network picks up a pilot. They do a, an episode or they do a, they do a pilot, they say yay or nay, um, or they'll put an episode order, or yada, 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 like all of that's like you don't need, you don't have to raise money for television. I don't know, I don't know how on earth he would be involved in that other than taking people's projects and then selling them and like taking a big percentage. I'm not 100% sure how he's, how he's twerking this out is, but apparently that's what he's doing to pay his legal fees, is that he's producing television shows in Hollywood right now, but far behind the curtain. Far, 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 far behind many, 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 many layers of curtains because he's got a whole lot of legal bills he's got to pay. Um, and he's, you know, he needs to, he's, got, he's, he's out here singing for his supper, basically, or for his house arrest release. It doesn't at all surprise me, though, that he's trying to do features in Europe. Because it's worked for Roman Polanski, and it's worked for Woody Allen. So, surprise, surprise. So, anyway. Oh, Roger Neal. Oh, Roger. Let's ask Roger. Roger, did you hear that Harvey Weinstein is producing television in Hollywood right now? Because that's, 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 that's the word off the street I got from a gaffer um, on the way to a rap party that, as it turns out, he's producing a few shows to pay for his, his stuff. Have you heard of this? Roger Neal's note, you know people. You know people around. Roger knows all the folks. But yeah, so that's his bag. He is, in fact, working. People are working with him. But I guess, you know, I guess if you're desperate to get a show on the air or get network TV. It's, it's actual television. Like it's aired television. It's not these streaming platforms from what I've, from what I've heard. It's actual television shows, whether it be cable or network. So we'll see if that becomes a revelation or not, or who might get caught up in this situation because the idea is to not work with him anymore but there was some talk i think like pga expelled him but you don't have to be union to produce like it's a guild it's not a real union like you join if you have the proper credits and you're qualified and you want to pay them their yearly dues um but you don't have to be in the union to produce 
I don't think he's DGA or any of the other guilds, which could expunge him and that would bar him from union work, but PGA is not one of them. So, the hottest of hot tea. Harvey Weinstein is still, in fact, working. Just not in features in America. He's doing television in Hollywood from a distance. How very, very, very interesting. <laughs> we shall continue to investigate. We shall continue to investigate here on No Filter Friday on Public House Media. So come on back next week for more crazy because God knows there will be more. It's a never-ending flow around here. And I mean, a week is so long. A week in Hollywood is like a month and a half. Like that's a long time around here. So, and it's just going to get crazier as we get closer and closer to award show season because the Emmys are coming. They are coming. They're coming quickly. It will be next month. And then after the Emmys, there'll be a couple, um, couple of the more like ancillary shows. And then we'll get into our November, December um, releases of features that are trying to go for the, go for the golden statue. So We'll see you all next week for some more crazy. Share the show. Talk about it, be about it, and check out other shows on Public House Media like Confessions of a Military Spouse and Crown and Dangerous and Choose to Rise and Disarming Disability. All those fun, fun, fun shows. And I will see you all. I bet you are already working hard on your Oscar viewing party. And I will see you all next week for some more crazy. So see you later, kids.